Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. And Stingy. This Twitter thing, it's, it amuses me infinitely to see people freaking out about Twitter, right? Like, Elon Musk. <laughs> I can't even be bothered to care about it. No, and that's... You know, it's, it's that, all people want to talk about. That is the amazing thing about this Twitter takeover by Elon Musk is that I can't think of anything that matters in the world less. But it's all people talk about. One of my favorites lately is this proposition that Twitter is going to start charging people for the blue check mark. And prices have been quoted from $8 to $20. And of course, you've got people with the blue check mark just freaking out about this, saying how yeah. they'll, they'll just leave the platform. Okay, well, first of all, have you considered not having the blue check mark? I mean, you don't have to pay for it and you don't have to leave Twitter. You well, could just. I think they're mad about the normies getting the blue check mark, right? So. They they get this special privilege for having their blue check mark next to their names, and I don't even know how they go about getting it. But anyways, now that you can pay twenty dollars for it, I could definitely see how these people who think that they're important celebrities. Hold on, are- we are going live to Ian Freeman here. Oh, Ian, okay. uh, what 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 did you just say? Uh, Joa, our uh, Thursday night co-host, has been arrested at the uh, Senate debate here in Manchester, Gothtown, uh, New Hampshire. Just oh, wow. Ago. Oh, wow. So it's a good thing you went. I know you went tonight because you were expecting, you know, there was t- to be a protest on behalf of Jeremy Kaufman, who was not invited to participate in the debate. Right. So what? Why? Yeah, so there's a good group of maybe about a dozen or ten to a dozen libertarians that came out here to support Jeremy, and uh, there were there were many dozens, probably at least a hundred total of uh, maybe more. Hard to really get a feel for it of uh, the other big party supporters, and they're of course doing their usual chanting and stuff like that. And uh, one of the major candidates, Don Bolduck, this warmongering general. Uh, came up and he he arrived and he's going and greeting his fans and Joa from Breaking the Flaw approached uh, Bolduck and the police just kind of like came up to him and grabbed him and claimed he was trespassing on private property at this uh, supposedly public college called St. Anselm College. So it doesn't look like they have much of a case. We think they probably just wanted to put handcuffs on him to get him off of the scene. Uh, and that ultimately they're probably not going to succeed with these charges, but we're actually here outside of the police station right now. Uh, we're going to go in and see what's, uh, you know, what's going on, if they're going to let him out and all that. But uh, so, yeah, our, our friend Joe has been charged with uh, trespass. Well, and they have a history. I'm speaking about the police in New Hampshire have a long history of harassing Joa. But, you know, this is not the first time that he has been wrongfully harassed by the police. I don't know the full history, but I know that he's a First Amendment auditor, uh, among other things. He goes out there and he polices the police. He goes out there and he records them doing their things. And police don't like that. No, No. accountability. Police hate accountability. Public officials in general don't like it when you turn a camera on them, which is just absolutely amazing, considering you would expect them to be more accustomed to being in the public eye than that. But... Especially they call for the arrest of people out on the seacoast, I think in Portsmouth, where some First Amendment auditors were doing something similar. They went into a 
city building, and evidently you can't go into private offices or something to that effect, although you can stay in hallways. I don't know. I'm not an auditor, so I don't know the specifics of what you can and can't do. But they ended up getting arrested out there in Portsmouth. The difference in New Hampshire is that we we do have activists who will work to hold the police accountable and public officials accountable for this sort of nonsense. I hope Joa has is going to be released. Obviously, it's nonsense. I think he absolutely will because they have nothing on him. It's it's just a joke. It was just a stunt, basically, for them to you know they didn't like that he went up to this warmongering politician, or I don't know if he's actually a politician yet, wannabe politician, perhaps. Well, I mean, I, I think he's a politician. I don't know what ex- what exactly qualifies well, as a politician. Well, once you get elected, I would think, right? I, I don't think you have to get elected. No, no because okay. if you Google me, it turns up that I'm a politician. Oh, I don't okay. like that at all, yeah. right? <laughs> well, congratulations. No, I didn't know no. that about you. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. I don't know how to, no, yeah, I don't know I don't... How to fix that, though. But evidently, you don't have to get elected to be a politician. But I, I don't know if Bulldog or who, I don't know who is Maggie Hassan. Okay, okay. These She's are the, the names I'm one. always yeah. seeing on like YouTube yeah. and stuff like that that I don't know anything about and that yep. I don't care about. And the more I see their names, the more I dislike them because yep. they're interrupting my entertainment. <laughs> Same and, here. And I the, completely yeah. agree. That's a terrible way to get me. You know whose can whose campaign ads have never interrupted my entertainment? Jeremy, Jeremy Kaufman. Kaufman. The one person who's being excluded from this debate yeah. and who I, whose campaign ads I've actually gone out of my way to watch because they're entertaining. Yeah. And they make a valid point. So maybe all of the you know politicians should take a note from this. So instead of having your crappy ads that are boring interrupting my TV and my YouTube watching, maybe you should make fun and entertaining content like Jeremy and maybe... That would work better for them. Nikki, you had said that it, it's like a status symbol, this blue yeah. check mark that people have on Twitter. And I can't imagine why else people would be upset about the possibility of paying for yeah. having the blue, the privilege of having the blue check mark. Evidently, you, you wouldn't be able to just pay to have a blue check mark. But if you were to be given one, you would have to pay. I, well, you know what it is? They would rather, it's not the paying that they care about. I think they care about the fact that any, you know, pleb off the street can pay 20 bucks and get one. They would probably rather it be like a thousand dollars or, you know, they would rather it cost more money. They would probably literally rather have to pay more money for it just to lock other people out. Because that's how these kinds of people are. You make a really good point, but I mean... The blue check mark isn't hard to get in the first place. It only takes like 1,200 to 1,500 followers in order okay. to qualify it yeah. for it now. I, I know libertarians who haven't been active in several years who have the blue Twitter check mark. And it, it's not the status symbol that it, it used to be. Just about anyone can get it as far as I can tell. But this is the first big new Twitter feature the company is considering charging users to get verified and display the signature blue checkmark next to their account name. It's something that Twitter has offered to some accounts for free in the past with mixed success. And again, this this comes right back to it was initially sort of a status symbol where you had to have you know, 50,000, 100,000. You had to be someone yeah. in order to get this blue checkmark. But that hasn't been the case in a very Long time. So Jason Calacanis, a longtime Musk associate, posted a poll asking 
how much people would be willing to pay for the honor of having a blue check mark. The vast majority voted would not pay at all. I'm looking at the results now because I'm curious. Because they didn't break it down further. I'm curious what uh, the options were $5 a month, $10 a month, $15 a month. And by far, by 81% would not pay at all. The, yep. re- the rest okay. say, you know, um, 10%, $5 a month. And it just I gets mean, worse after that. I mean, why would you? I wouldn't pay for it, but I wouldn't get it with it being free. I, I, I don't understand the appeal don't you have of it. To, I, I guess I just don't understand what entails with getting it. You know what I mean? Like, what do you have to do? You have to be a, a person of some reputation I and don't you have to verify yourself and like you send an sim- id or whatever yeah but that's a simple process of just like sending a like how does doritos the company verify their id right like and what, what is the process here for verifying ownership of doritos verification requests have been open to any accounts that are notable and quote authentic for years creating a varied Class of checkmark Twitter users with small and large followings, but the prestige of the blue checkmark is still out there in people's minds. When they see a blue checkmark replying to them or retweeting yeah. them, they think, oh, a blue checkmark, but it's just some random no. person who you could probably pay $20 a month to get enough followers to qualify for the yeah. blue checkmark in the first Might place. Might as well just do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a very high bar, as I understand no. it. I thought it was at least like 100,000, 500,000 followers. It used to be, but I think the bar has been slowly lowered over time. Yeah. Like, I know of at least one person who. I just has don't understand the, why. Why it's been lowered and why people yeah. care. Both, I guess. I yeah. don't understand why people care. Now, I guess I could understand when it actually meant something, but. Because so many people wanted it and cried, well, look, I'm special in this little circle. Look. It's like a participation trophy. Yeah, very much so. It's like, look, I'm notable in furry communities or whatever. <laughs> I've got 1,300 furry friends following me. Okay, well, Twitter gives you the blue check mark. And then Stephen King is right there alongside, you know, I, I, I can't think of a furry name, but... but Johnson the Furry or whatever. No offense to Johnson, who used to host the show. It's just the first name that popped into my head. <laughs> is but, he a furry? I don't know. I've I've never asked. I I tend to think probably not. He doesn't seem like the type that would be a furry, but you know, I I we'll have to confirm that. (laughs) Other people think that this is a good idea that having more people verified on Twitter while removing the bot armies is the quickest path to making the platform safer and more usable for everyone. I kind of understand Mm -hmm. where they're going from here. Where if you had to show your ID in order to create a Twitter account, it would get rid of the bots. Yeah. If you deleted all of the accounts that refuse to show any sort of... Because you have to be at, I think, age 16 in order to use Twitter in the first place. Maybe it, it may be 13. I don't know. But some sort of identification process could work to get rid of the bots because Twitter is overtaken with bots. There's a website that will tell you how many of your followers, what oh. percentage of them are bots. And it doesn't really know what is a bot and what isn't a bot. It just sort of speculates based on a given account's behavior. And I'm sure a lot of real people appear to be bots. It's usually in the range of like 20 to 30% of people's followers are just yeah. bots. So, I mean, there you go. If you want that blue check mark and Twitter isn't going to let you buy it from them for 20 bucks a month, just go to online. I'm sure you can find some website that will sell you 2,000 followers for 20 bucks. Yeah. And that's all you got to do. There'll be bots, sure. But what do you care? Well, and you can it. always tell because somebody will have like a ton of followers, but their posts will get like, you know, three likes, whatever.
In other Twitter-related news, in more entertaining Twitter-related news, the Twitter freakout, that's fun and that's amusing to watch from the sidelines. But, I mean, this is also fun to watch from the sidelines just for different reasons. The White House has been shamed into deleting a Twitter post. Oh, I love that. That was wrong. The Biden administration was forced to delete a Twitter post, says the New York Post. And, of course, they weren't forced to do it, but, I mean, they were... It was a good idea for them to delete this Twitter post, which involved the White House and the Biden administration taking credit for a boost in retirees' Social Security checks. Today, after social media users pointed out that the increase was tied to decades high inflation. So the White House tweeted about how the, the retirees received the biggest increase in Social Security checks ever. Under yeah, the Biden because their money is worthless. <laughs> and yes, and a lot of people were like, hey, you know, some context here would be helpful. The reason this is the <laughs> highest increase ever is because inflation is higher than ever. Our independent <laughs> fact checkers. It's amusing to me to see the independent fact checkers actually doing their job. Huh. Seniors are getting the biggest increase in their Social Security checks in 10 years Through President Biden's leadership, read the tweet from the official White House account Tuesday afternoon. Twitter, which was purchased last week, as we pointed out, by billionaire Elon Musk, appended a note to the claim that said, readers added context they thought people might want to know. Seniors will receive a large Social Security benefit increase due to the annual cost of living adjustment, which is based on the inflation rate, the note said. That's known as COLA, the cost of living adjustment. They linked to the Social Security Administration's website for an explanation explaining the increase. Of course, uh, Republicans uh, wasted no time in criticizing the Biden administration for this. Representative Thomas Massey was among those who said that the White House statement never mentioned what led to the bump in benefits, obviously. It's just... I don't blame the Biden administration for trying to paint inflation in the in the best light possible, but this may not have been the way to do it. Well, and in their defense, it was, you know, due to the things <laughs> they did. That is why. You're not wrong. So they definitely caused mass inflation. Biden's leadership is solely responsible for record inflation, according to the White House, wrote Republican Representative Vicki Hassler of Missouri. I mean, it's hard to dispute that with the White House claiming responsibility for this. I also feel like they're using the word leadership very loosely here. Absolutely, because there's nothing that Biden does that constitutes leadership. He's a ruler. And everyone in the White House is a ruler. I wouldn't even go that far. I think he's a puppet or a Muppet with someone's <laughs> hand up his butt. So will we see a year from now the Biden administration tweeting again about how they've increased the Social Security payout more than any other president in the last 15 years or whatever? And as we saw, the we're dealing with the highest inflation number since 1980. And the reason for that is because they changed the way that the that inflation is calculated in 1980. Because it was just too bad then. They're like, we have to hide this. So let's, let's change the math that we use to talk about how bad this really is. Another Republican joked, uh, Republican Kelly Armstrong predicted that the increase is adjusted upwards because cost of living has gone up. Obviously, that's going to be the case. 
They are literally taking credit for record high inflation. Up next from the Surgeon General, why the high cost of eggs is good for your health. Because apparently the medical industry is still going back and forth about they whether can't or not make eggs up their are minds. good for you. And <laughs> let me just, spoiler alert, eggs are good for you. You can eat eggs. Preferably, you know, local eggs, free-range chickens. Because another spoiler alert, the eggs you buy in the grocery store are drenched in bleach and all these other chemicals to kill all the bacteria off of them. So maybe those eggs probably aren't good for you. But if you've got a local farm, you know, support your local farms. Yeah, and here in New Hampshire, it's really easy to find locally sourced eggs. In addition to having protests going on at Senate hearings or House of Representatives hearings, whatever the the debate going on in Manchester is tonight, in addition to having libertarians there protesting and supporting the libertarian candidate, you do also have a lot of libertarians out there who aren't active in the political sphere, but who are doing things like agorisms. They're, they're just having their own farm that you can go to and you can shop at and you can pay with gold or silver or crypto or whatever you'd like. At least one Twitter user wondered what's going to set the White House, who's going to set the White House intern straight? Who wants to tell the intern at the White House why seniors are getting their biggest increase in checks in 10 years? Tell us about what's happening in the state of New York because we were talking about it during the break that we love good stories like this where it's like the world was wrong collectively the powers that be and the people who supported them were just universally wrong across the board. When they decided that locking people down for months at a time, years at a time in some cases, forcing forcing people to get vaccinated or lose their jobs, social distancing, wearing masks all the time, all of these things have sort of proven to be have been bad ideas. And it's just really great to see the accountability because we don't always see accountability with these things. And I'm actually genuinely shocked that... You know, with this next article we're going to read and also um, the EU had some conference where they were confronting the head of Pfizer in Europe. I I forget what country, but they were confronting her and they were like, did you know that did you know whether the vaccine was actually going to protect people against covid? And she couldn't answer the question. And it was when they kept pushing her. The answer was no. They had no clue, but they still rolled out the vaccine. They had no clue what the side effects were going to be. And they just did it anyways. Of course they do, because that's what they do. And as you mentioned, they are so rarely held accountable. I mean, here in the United States, there are laws literally keeping them from being held accountable, but that doesn't protect them in Europe Nope. and other parts of the world. So tell us what's happening in New York now. So the New York Supreme Court reinstates all employees that were fired for being unvaccinated and orders back pay. And that's not all. You know, that's exciting enough. But the state Supreme Court found that being vaccinated does not stop the spread of COVID-19. So they are outright admitting this. (laughs) The Supreme Court has actually, I mean, the Supreme Court obviously doesn't do medicine. Um, Medicine is not decided by Democratic vote, which a lot of people did not understand during COVID-19 when they were like, oh, the science is settled. The majority agrees. Okay, well, democracy isn't how we settle science. And also, I just want to say the science is never settled. In medicine and in nursing, from what I've seen, things change all the time. We are always discovering new things about diseases, about medications, about treatments, about the human body. It is never going to be settled. You know, we're always going to be learning and growing within the, I mean, the field of science as a whole. 
So there is no, the science is settled. That's not real. That's not real science. No, and there's no better way to be 100% sure that the person you're dealing with is not a scientist than to have them say the science is settled. No. Yeah. 200 years ago, everyone knew that, well, not everyone, because there have always been people who you know, believe that the um, Earth orbited the sun, but there were people who were just convinced. They would have said the science is settled. The sun orbits the Earth. And most people would have believed them. Thank God it's not democracy that we use to determine what is and isn't right. New York City fired roughly 1,700 employees for being unvaccinated earlier this year after the city adopted a vaccine mandate under former mayor. So now 1,700 seems very, very low. So this does not seem to include hospital workers. Because I'm assuming hospital workers were the bulk of the people that were getting fired. That that would correspond with my experience and what I remember of reading the articles then. It sounds like it means we're like state bureaucrats and yeah. other city employees. You know, yeah, people, people that work for the city. Yeah. Who did not deserve to be fired for making a choice not to get a vaccine. But on the other hand, they are just like state bureaucrats. I mean, city bureaucrats. Yeah. And I have a really hard time caring about them. But still, it's a step in the right direction, especially to have the New York Supreme Court saying, hey, look. The COVID-19 vaccines, they actually don't prevent the spread of COVID-19. Yeah, I mean, that's a big statement to make. Um, Many of those that were fired were police officers and firefighters. I'm okay with the police officers staying fired. If they want to hire back the fire department, okay. Based Based on the principle of why they were fired, I'm... Technically happy they got their jobs back. Maybe not technically happy they got their jobs back, but I'm glad that this was reversed. Yeah. You know. Because it is a dangerous precedent to allow cities to fire people over private health decisions. And that's ultimately what this was. Even if they're firing police officers who should be fired, but they should be fired for other reasons. I mean, you could literally go to your employer and say, listen, this thing is untested. I mean, the testing is going on right now all around us, and it doesn't look good. It's not going I, well. I've seen this with my personal experience. Like, I, I literally went to my employer, and I'm like, I study midwifery, and in one month, we had three women lose children, like, miscarry. That is very unnormal. Like, that is not normal for our practice, and we've never seen it again since. And they were all vaccinated women. People, I know so many people who got vaccinated just because they were terrified of losing their jobs and their livelihoods. I mean, they had families and mortgages and bills to pay, and it just wasn't an option for them to not have a job. And they were so terrified of that, that they gave in, they got vaccinated, and some of them had really bad side effects. So many people I worked with uh, when I was over at the hospital got vaccinated, and some of them were like, I really regret it. Like, I was really, really sick afterwards, or I don't know what it's doing to me now, or now my period's really heavy. Like, just a slew of different symptoms and side effects that they weren't told about before they got vaccinated. No, and I'm smiling here, and, and that's kind of messed up, but I'm smiling because of the on the raw honesty in the statement that I do not know a single person who did not get vaccinated, who now re- who now regrets that decision. Yeah. And there's been a post going around on Facebook that basically says, those of us who did not get it, 
don't regret it. You know what exactly. I mean? If that even was a coherent the, sentence. But the, the problem with that argument is that, well, no, the people who did not get vaccinated and would otherwise regret it are dead. Yeah. Because they didn't get vaccinated and they died of COVID-19 <sighs> as a result of it. That's the counter argument. I don't believe that, but that's the counter argument that the pro-vaccine people would say. Well, of course. Oh, for a second, I thought you were telling me that the people who got vaccinated and died from the vaccines regret it. No, because pe- that makes more sense to my brain. The people who did not get the vaccines and then and who died, died of yeah. COVID nineteen regret. But guess what? Some of the people yes. who got vaccinated died from COVID nineteen. I watched it happen. It I, was horrifying. I know, I know there, there's no facts in any of this, and the allegation that COVID nineteen killed those people who got vaccinated is. There's no way to prove that COVID-19 vaccines killed anyone, and there's no way to prove that not getting the COVID-19 vaccine killed anyone. Yeah. Well, we have flawed data. I mean, we, yeah. we essentially weren't allowed to see the true numbers, and there are some people who are trying to pull it out, but and I then, mean, it's tough to get it concrete Pfizer- didn't Pfizer say they wanted like 100 years to fully release all of the vaccine data or something years? like that? I'm going to yeah. be dead. What do I care about that in 100 years? Well, a, a U.S. court at some level said, no, Pfizer, you can't do that. You have to release this in a more timely manner than yeah, that. But they 100 wanted 100 years? years or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, that way anyone who's been harmed by it is already dead. When you release a vaccine and you roll it out to 50% of the population... It's going to thrive in the uh, in the other fifty percent of the population, and the ones. It, I don't know how to explain what it is I'm trying to explain, except that obviously the vaccine is going to evolve. the The virus is going to evolve to get around the vaccine because that's how they do. In any other vaccine, I mean, if you get the vaccine and you like, I'm trying to think of one, but whatever. If I got a vaccine for something like polio, if I got the polio vaccine and then I got polio. Wouldn't you, wouldn't it be reasonable to conclude that that vaccine was ineffective? It would. And, but, but if you would, you could still get polio, as I understand it. It just wouldn't do anything to you because your, pot, your body would immediately recognize yeah. how to fight off the well, polio. Well, exactly. But with COVID, it was like people were getting COVID, testing positive for it, and then still being symptomatic and sometimes even winding up in the hospital. Right. When the appeal of the vaccine was supposed to be, not that it kept you from getting it, because as you in the health industry know, you're going to get it either way. The point of the vaccine is that it teaches your body how to fight it. Yeah. But if you're still symptomatic and you're still getting hospitalized and still dying, then the vaccine isn't doing what it's supposed to be doing. You could still get polio despite being vaccinated against it, but you would never know that you had polio because your body would just immediately kill it off. Yeah. It's just like chickenpox vaccine. You know, you can be exposed to it, but you're not going to get sick from it. And New York State has gotten sort of a blessing in the last day or two where the or actually I don't remember the time frame that we're dealing with, but the Supreme Court has said, hey, these 1700 city workers that were fired for not being vaccinated, they're being reinstated and they're being given back pay. Mm -hmm. So this was published on October 25th. So last week. Well, it's good news for those people. I wish they weren't all cops. The firefighters I can deal with, and I guess the city employees I can deal with. But the cops, they should be fired for different reasons. If you're going to remove the vaccine mandate for certain people in the city, you need to remove it for everybody in the city. If you're going to follow the science, science is going to tell you there isn't any danger right now in putting hundreds of firefighters, police officers, and emergency workers out of work 
is not in the best interest of the city. It is not safe. Let's go to the phones. We have Creighton on the line from Louisville, Kentucky. Creighton, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Um, I wanted to call in and, admit and talk about the actual vaccines that I've had. Um, I've had in the past, I've had the anthrax vaccine. I've also had the yellow fever vaccine. And when this all this started coming out, I looked deep into it. I mean, I have enough background to be able to look at actual vaccine information and determine whether or not it's dangerous or not. Okay, I um, certainly anthrax- do not. I tend to rely on medical officials to tell me whether or not it's safe. Or, you know, unwisely, my own gut feeling when... When the people promoting the vaccine can't give me a good answer about why it's a good idea, that's when I back away from it because I don't trust the pharmaceutical industry. And until you know, COVID-19 happened, most people out there knew you could not trust the medical industry. Yeah, well, I mean, a couple of years ago, I actually got the yellow fever vaccine for myself and all of my children. And I, was, I paid $200 a pop for that to happen because I'd done, done some research to know that it was worthwhile for us to do that. Um, and I've had the, like I said, the anthrax vaccine before that, I got that in the military and you can't even get that. It's so dangerous that they won't allow that in the public, but that was wow. by far safer in my opinion than the COVID vaccine when it came out. Um, so I refused <laughs> and I, I, uh, I did everything in my power at my, workplace to avoid it and i successfully did but uh um congrats a lot of people did not a lot of people had to look for alternative jobs or they were just fired outright it's like this cult of of personality wrapped around this this idea that uh one vaccine you refuse one vaccine and then all of a sudden i'm a vaccine uh a denier or something like that And that's why I love that you're calling in and telling us this, because there is that common misconception that everybody who is refusing the COVID vaccine is an anti-vaxxer. And that's not the case at all. Many people who chose not to get this particular vaccine for themselves and their families have previously been vaccinated in the past. And yeah, some of them went like all the way and were like, nope, I hate all vaccines now and they're sketchy. But there are still some people out there who are willing to look at the science, um, make their own assessments on things, and decide what they feel is and isn't safe for themselves. Did you or someone you love work, live, or serve at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988? If you or someone you know lived, served, or worked at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988 and has cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, they are entitled to compensation. To see if they are eligible, they need to call Liberty Legal. Contaminants in the drinking water have led to these serious diseases and legislation is now available for For veterans and family members who may qualify for financial help from the government, there may be a time deadline, so don't wait. Call 888-918-1037. Anyone that has lived, worked, or served at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1988 and has had cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, the money is already set aside. 888-918-1037. 888-918-1037. 
Let's go to the phone. So we got Ridley on the line from here in New Hampshire. Ridley, you're on Free Talk Live. So uh, you have been talking much about the, uh, I guess, the Libertarian Party folks uh, crashed a congressional uh, and a congressional candidate event. Well, we talked about it briefly during the first segment when uh, one of our own Joe was arrested by police at the event. Oh, my gosh. So I was just calling to report that, I guess, Carlin Borshenko, who's the Libertarian Party candidate, she reported for what the campaign. She reported the campaign party uh, manager for 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 this congressional candidate, Don Bullduck, uh, that he he threatened to have her arrested, but she 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 was not arrested. What is Carlin running for? She's running for governor on the Libertarian Party ticket, and she's been trolling. A bull duck because of his, uh, uh, what she considers his hawkish positions on war, war issues. Well, he does seem to be a war hawk. Ian called him a war hawk, and I don't know anything about bull duck, but if, if Ian calls you a war hawk, I tend to think that's probably a fair assessment. It's absolutely a fair assessment because that's, I mean, that's his background, and I wouldn't be surprised if Don Bullduck had it in with the police. And it would be very easy for him to be like, hey, just go arrest that pesky person. You know, doesn't matter. Make up some charges. It wouldn't. And this is all speculation. You know, this is an actual factual information. But But they arrested Joa. But they, you know, we have that. And it wouldn't surprise me if he was in with the police and would be able to pull some shenanigans like that just to get anybody that would disrupt him out of the way. Absolutely. I think it's unlikely that he would try to have a gubernatorial candidate arrested, especially one who was running under. Yeah. I mean, the Libertarian Party here in New Hampshire is not a major party. It's the closest to being a major party in New Hampshire than it is anywhere else in the United States. But it's it's a it's a contender at the very least. According to The New York Times, it is really well, the whole Free State Project. Oh, I, I don't know. Some people from NBC Boston were out today to talk with me, and mm-hmm. we're, we're rescheduling that in the future because they went to the event tonight, so to speak. So presumably, they have footage of Joa being arrested, and they're going to be covering that as they do their story on the Crypto 6 and the New Hampshire freedom migration. All sorts of things happening in New Hampshire. We have Major Payne on Free Talk Live. Major. Well, you've given me the trifecta here. As far as this politician who you uh, evidently rubbed her fur the wrong way, anybody with that fragile of an ego, you falling into a relationship, you're just setting yourself up for more trouble. She's obviously weak-minded. I don't think she's uh, weak-minded. I think there was a misunderstanding, and I wish that I was able to resolve that understanding, but when I spoke with her about this publicly on Twitter. It wasn't a it wasn't an even match. She came at me like I was honored to have her even responding to me. Right. Oh, because that's that, weird. Well that's how people with like seventy thousand followers on the internet no, are. They're like, no. well, I'm this big person and that who, means nothing to me. No, and they're like, you you should be honored about the possibility that if you even being on my show I'm like, what show? I don't know. So I'm I'm going to have to side with Major on this one. I think it is a pretty weak-minded vibe I'm getting from this person. But I, I, like I don't her. know. I don't know what? her in person. I so. like her and I wish the best for her. And I don't think it's any of that. I think it was just a misunderstanding that could have been worked out and, and could still be worked out. But we have to actually have a one-on-one to actually do that. And that hasn't happened. Regardless, I still support her candidacy for governor of the of New Hampshire as a libertarian candidate. 
Well, the, the politicians, the uh, the Hollywood stars, they all live for applause. And anybody sticks their tongue out at them, they just go, oh, oh, shudder in fear. And, and I don't think ridiculous. she's that type of person, you know, because she is a libertarian candidate in New Hampshire. So I don't, she's not like that typical poli- political star, but. All right. So on, on to the copper. You guys were complaining about the pennies. Yep. Up and oh, Well, it's not copper. Mid- yeah, it's oh, yeah, zinc. I know. Now they're not, but the old pennies are worth three cents a piece. Mm. That's the point I was getting at. Old copper pipes up until uh, late 70s, maybe mid-80s, all your copper plumbing was made out of number one copper. That is no longer available. And that's why they no longer make the penny out of copper. I mean, I, it makes sense from an economic... I mean, no, look, it's another... If your currency that's worth one penny takes more to manufacture it than it's worth, then your economy's broken. Stop. Start over. Burn it all down and start over. Well, save the old pennies, because like I said, they're worth three cents. The old nickels are worth seven. One of the great uh, benefits of my job is that I'm the only one there who knows anything about this. So, like... Every and I'm the one who's always doing doing the money there at the end of the yeah. night. So like and trade in your change. Yeah. So I get first dibs, and you, you can see that 1970 dime from a mile away. It's so just it's so obviously silver, and it's so obviously gets put in my pocket with a cheapo modern dime going in instead. And no one cares, right? Because yeah, I'm it's do- five cents. It's five cents. Yeah, I'm just you know? just swapping out a dime for a dime, but you, you can be guaranteed that dime's going into my silver collection. Well, I'm of old European ancestry. My bloodline has survived every plague that's been cast upon humanity. And I have not heard any of these backpedaling apologists say anything about herd immunity, which they all scoffed at. Herd immunity is the idea that if enough people are vaccinated or if enough people are immunized against a vaccine uh, of a virus. No, no. Herd, herd immunity is if enough people catch the disease. Right. That's why I changed my wording to not being vaccinated, but immunized. Full vaccine, because this isn't a vaccine. It's a plague and a needle is what it is. <sighs> yeah. I, I can't disagree. I will say that. Out of all of the people I know who got the vaccine, none of them seem to have negative side effects that I can identify. Mo- My most brother-in-law of- dropped over dead two weeks after he had the vaccine, <sighs> fell over like a tree. And I've heard so many of those stories. Yeah, but- My sister came home from the grocery store and found him face planted in the carpet. That is so Heart terrible. Up. Yeah, I'm sorry no, to I'm hear sorry. it. Any, any coronary catastrophe, they, they just called it a heart attack. They yep, blame it on the log jams from this damn helmeted blood cell it it is frustrating to hear those sorts of stories but again i'm just speaking from personal experience here and my personal experience is that i know i I don't know anyone who died of covid19 i know of some people who died from covid19 the closest person i know who died of covid19 was my sister's ex-husband's father who was this obese person who did not take care of himself diabetic ate burger king for breakfast every day for 20 years just fully deserving death now also a despicable human being no one was sorry to see this person go that's the only rich person i know a, who died of covid 19 rich was a dentist thought of you of him he was he was damn near vegan he was a little thicker than abraham lincoln and about as tall i mean he only drank wine this guy was a health nut compared to me <laughs> I don't know how only drinking wine falls into being a health nut. It is good for your heart, as I understand it, but like... 
Not if you're chugging three bottles a day? No, no, no. They'd have a couple, three cups after dinner, him or my sister. Okay, yeah. As I understand it, that's relatively good for people. It's the equivalent of taking an aspirin a day, one of the 81 milligram aspirins a day, something like that. I'm not a health expert, so don't get me wrong. I work a normal job, and there are people there who are regularly getting tested for COVID-19 because they're students or they get sick or whatever, and they're... Their their school policy says you have to get tested for COVID nineteen. I don't understand why these people are getting. Look, if you have a cold, why in the hell would you get tested for COVID nineteen? I understand if you want three days off of work, but then we're, this is not paid days off anymore. We're long past that point of the pandemic. If you want those three days off, you're not getting paid for them. Whereas earlier, you know, two years ago, if you were sick, and maybe not two years ago, but a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, if you were sick. And you took a COVID-19 test and you tested positive. They would send you home for two weeks with pay. That was a very different thing from what we're dealing with now where it's like, all right, well, how do you feel? Do you feel well enough to come to work? Just put on a mask. The restrictions are so loose now compared to what they were at the height of the... Because I remember what it was like working in the food industry and seeing these people quarantined, many of them against their will, for two solid weeks because it wasn't just, oh, well, they don't care. They know they're going to get paid for it. Yeah, but they also know that we are still there working and that we're having to work extra hard because they're not there. And that's not a fault of management or anything like that. It's just the reality of how things were. No one is so overstaffed that you can lose one of your staff members and just be totally fine. No, people yeah. are going to have to work harder. And so they didn't like that. But for two solid weeks, not even for testing, if they just... We're close to someone who tested positive. If someone who lived in their apartment building tested positive, automatic two-week of quarantine. And that's when you just keep that stuff to yourself. That's exactly. I had COVID-19. <laughs> and I know that because I lost my sense of smell and taste for like a six-week period. But there were no symptoms. I was never yeah, that was sick. It. I was. I had extreme fatigue and my body was very, very sore. For like a day. And that was it. And I, I was able to chalk that up. Well, two weeks ago, I was raided by the FBI. And prior to that, I hadn't had a day off in about four months. Because that we were just short-staffed. Everyone was constantly being out for COVID-19. And people were leaving for higher page, wages. Or people just... I don't want to say people didn't want to work because they didn't want to work. Well, why would they want to work for that wage when they could sit at home and collect an unemployment check with an extra $600 bonus and not have to deal with the work at all? I don't blame anyone for that. However, because of that, the first day off I had had in a several month time frame just so happened to be the day that the FBI woke me up at six in the morning. Oh, no. Yeah, that was my first day off in like a three month stretch. And I like to joke then that, you know, my boss was... So powerful, and this made people so afraid that even the FBI was like, we need to find out when Arya is going to be off to make this happen. <laughs> that was just the worst of COVID-19 for me. It was just a loss of smell and taste and a, a day of being sick. But I was sick with some sort of flu or pneumonia or something a year before that that was significantly worse. That one had me down for weeks, and it didn't help that I was working the same amount of hours then that I was working during COVID-19. The only difference with that was that no one was meant freaking out that we stay home and locked yeah. down. It was like, oh, it's, 
Yeah, Arya, half the staff has the flu, but they're here working anyway, and they keep getting each other sick because they're all here working with the flu, and that's just how things are. No one thinks anything about it. But the loss of smell and taste, that was a unique And that's the worst one. You know, I'd rather actually be sick, almost. I don't know that I would. It depends on the I guess I don't really get sick, so I'm like, I don't know. I usually don't, but that one experience with the flu or pneumonia or whatever it was, and this was in January of 2019. So this was almost a full year before anyone said anything about COVID-19. It was January and February of March that year. I stayed sick a really, really long time. And I'm like, it was a miserable experience of like waking up and just feeling like crap laying in the bathroom floor for hours because I just didn't have the strength to get up and make myself get ready for work. I would absolutely much rather lose my sense of smell and taste for seven weeks than deal with that again. But that's not the choices we're offered. Most people, when they get COVID-19, when they get sick, like the people who are getting COVID-19 now and who are literally testing positive and they're just being told, oh, quarantine, stay home for three days and then you can come back and wear a mask. No symptoms whatsoever. They're just fine. It's just such a stark contrast to how people were reacting two years ago, to the very same disease. And and it's not because people are vaccinated now, and it's not because COVID-19 is somehow weakened now or lesser now. It's just because they've been living with it for two years, and the reality is there, whether they've addressed it or not. It's there. People are not dropping dead of this in the streets, and they're just refusing to admit it. Okay, it's fine for people to work with COVID-19 because it's not... Holy crap, it's not killing anyone, is it? Okay, I guess this is fine. I don't, I want that level of admission from these people who are requesting amnesty for their behavior during COVID 19. I want them to acknowledge all of that crap they said and did. From what you said, nothing that we dealt with was nearly as bad, except that we both dealt, and we haven't discussed this yet, but we don't, both dealt with people who were unnecessarily combative and hostile to yeah. other human beings. And you probably had this worse than we did because I, especially during COVID-19, and I still can because this was not a power I was willing to give up in order to go back to this place. If someone came in and they were acting stupid, I could throw them out. And yeah. for a lot of people working in in any service industry, this was the first time in their life that they were able to do something like that. And it was just something that's not how I tend to approach these problems, right? I tend to be more customer service oriented. If someone comes in and they're unhappy, my natural inclination is to try to make them leave happy, even when they're coming in and yelling at me. But what COVID-19 taught me was that I don't have to do that anymore. And I can just tell them, hey, you're being an idiot. Get out. And it's great to be able to do that. But in in uh, healthcare, you don't have that luxury no. because you can't just throw that person out of the hospital bed. And nothing makes an already aggressive patient with dementia more upset than forcing them to wear a mask. They don't understand it. You keep strapping it to their face, telling them they have to isolate in their room. They don't understand. They don't get it. It's just... Uh. Crazy. Absolutely horrible. But, you know, that those are things that we had to deal with as a result of COVID-19. According to Governor, not Governor, Senator Rand Paul, the U.S. severely messed up COVID-19. And I tend to think he's correct on this, but he's he's correct for the wrong reasons. And I like Senator Rand Paul sometimes. 
he's not a libertarian, but he's a libertarian-leaning Republican, and he's not good all the time. But when he is good, he's really good. Except when it comes to COVID-19, where he becomes a lot more... He's a doctor, right? I, I wouldn't expect a doctor to make some of the equivalencies that that Rand Paul has made throughout the last two years. I didn't years. know he was a doctor. I knew Ron Paul was a doctor. He's an but... ophthalmologist. Oh, okay. And I, so ju- I don't remember now exactly what that is. It's I, I believe it's an eye doctor. We have Dave on the line from Michigan. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, right on. Thanks for taking my call, you guys. You know, whatever, you know, the crew. Yeah, what's on your mind hey, tonight? Listen, I got thinking about I got thinking about it when you mentioned you know these lockdowns, and then you went to a little more detail just now. And as soon as I heard that that story, here's what I was doing. When you say that story, do you out, mean the allegation out, that? Hanging... Do you mean the hypothesis that the COVID nineteen originated in the Wuhan research facility? When I was when I enlisted in the Marine Corps and came out with an honorable discharge with my head attached to my torso, our first class in boot camp, sit down, once I got to settle down, before we got our rifles, was this NBC training, nuclear, biological, and chemical, and were issued gear and trained in it sometimes. When I heard Fauci in this so-called narrative of a bat, I said to myself, BS. There's a lot more to the story. So we are here in Michigan, in Jackson, Michigan, the birthplace of the Republican Party, southern Michigan, right in the center, south Michigan. I sat there and watched gas drop down to about a dollar nine here. Yeah, and because said, no one was man, traveling. I sat, I sat, and you know what it did? I said, well, I might as well get a six-pack of beer because shut down everything, stuffed masks on people's faces. Oh, my God, there's, you know, Gretchen Whitmer is up for re-election here in a few days. Tudor Dixon is way more conservative. Gretchen Whitmer has a lot of union backing, including the NEA, National Teachers Association, and all kinds of big money from that way, uh, Mrs. DeVos. Yeah, I don't know anything about Whitmer except that she was one of the worst in in the U.S. as far as COVID-19 reactions go. Yes, yes, and she just jumps on that same boat that Biden's on. Oh, yeah, let's do this. And just, I got so much power. And you know what, the people here... There was a point there early on that we couldn't go down a aisle way to buy seeds in the spring. What do you think about her chances of re-election? Do you, do you think she's going to Man, be replaced? I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what I know is it's damn tight. I think it. I think that if enough people come out a legitimate vote, you know what I mean, with all the stuffing ballot boxes, mail-in ballots, and all that stuff, it's really tight. We've been reminding people how much this actually did suck. This wasn't some minor thing. They did screw people over. They did take away kids' lives. Some people killed themselves as a result of the lockdown. They permanent damage to children as a result of not socializing, being locked in their homes. 
depression, anxiety, yeah. all of these things. The are mental on the health rise. crisis was so much more than what we were seeing with people getting sick from COVID. I mean, even the unit that I was working at, we saw so many people that had been clean for years relapsing because they couldn't go to their AA or their NA meetings. They just, there was no aftercare, no support for people. People were really relapsing. They couldn't see their therapist. It was just such a huge mental health crisis, especially with teenagers in high school where they're just so used to that social interaction they're they're planning for prom and all of the other like fun things that kids normal kids I didn't but like normal kids like to do in high right. school and they got all of that robbed from them kids were literally committing suicide because they were locked in their houses alone all day so depressed it was and it really wasn't talked about enough all that was talked about was covid and the vaccines and but nobody cared about the other casualties that were as a result of the government's response to the pandemic. What about the abuse victims, the domestic violence victims who were suddenly locked in their homes with their abusers, but literally no way to escape because they couldn't get out to work anymore. They couldn't go out grocery shopping or they couldn't go to church to socialize with people who understood their plight. Absolutely horrifying things that happened as a result of governments during COVID-19. It's important with the midterms coming up that we remember these things and we hold these people accountable. The entire apparatus of voting is designed so it doesn't really matter what who you vote for. Okay, so you got two candidates. They're identical. One's a Republican and one's a Democrat, but they're identical, yeah, man. Two sides of the same coin. Yeah, you're not it's going not to, a joke. You're not going to get any meaningful change by voting for the Democrat or voting for the Republican. If you want some sort of meaningful change, you might get that if you go in and vote. And libertarians, if they sweep the elections, you might get meaningful change in that regard, but that's so overwhelmingly unlikely. And I'm not sure there's a whole lot of libertarians I would actually trust to be successfully elected to an office and not to begin becoming identical, like at the end of the Animal Farm where the pigs were indistinguishable yeah. from the humans. I would expect that to be the case with most elected libertarians. Not all of them, certainly, but I suspect most of them would become identical to the humans that they were replacing. Yeah. So I don't think voting matters. I don't think that you're going to be able to vote these people out of office. And I think your your efforts are better spent trying to do something else. But I'm not. But that's only if we're dealing with Republicans and Democrats. There is some possibility, however remote, that voting for libertarian candidates could change things for the better. And we have seen that here in New Hampshire. I mean, people, true. you know, like whether they're running as Republican or Democrat, but like still actual libertarian people have made great changes in this state so far. But New Hampshire is successful because we've been bringing libertarians yep, here from absolutely. all over the United States. That's not going to happen in Michigan. That's not no. going to happen in Texas. And it's definitely not going to happen in Massachusetts or California. You just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. 
Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live. <laughs> 